I think that if we begin to reverence God in our own personal lives, we not only will experience real knowledge that God wants to give to each one of us individually, but also we will experience the blessings of God through obedience to God and His Word. Not only obeying the Word of God, but in repentance to become useful for whatever God intends to do in my life. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Well, it's great to have you with us today for our continuing series focused on God's call to righteousness and His guidance for staying on track. As Raul explores several biblical examples of redemption in the lives of the Lord's people, you'll see that you can experience spiritual renewal as well. Stay with us to hear that when you confess and turn from your sins, God is ready to forgive and restore. Here's Raul Reese with today's message. What kind of person does God use? Are you being used by God today? And I think that we need to be open, like John said in chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. And God uses ordinary people. Just like you and me. Ordinary people. So let's begin to read the scripture. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. And here Peter, writing his epistle, First and Second Peter. In 2 Peter chapter 3, he's writing about the coming of the Lord. And there's a whole study there concerning the mocking of coming of the Lord. Well, they said a thousand years, then where is the coming of the Lord? It hasn't happened, you know, since my grandma's time they've been saying that. And I think today it is proper to say that a lot of people in the church have given up concerning the coming of the Lord. Not only are they doubting the coming of the Lord, but the majority of the church today is in the world. I think that the church has lost fear of God, the reverence of God. Because how can you do things that I used to do in the past and bring them into the present and expect God to bless my life and expect God to speak to me? The Bible is very clear that if we live a life of sin, the Holy Spirit gets grieved because the Holy Spirit is a person. And when the Holy Spirit gets grieved in my life, then he cannot do the effective work that he wants to do in my life and through my life. And there's a lot of discouraged Christians in the church. But then think of the world for a second. You work in the world, you shop in the world, you play in the world. You got all these things you do in the world. And when the world looks at the church, especially your family and friends, and you tell them you're a Christian... And then you're going back into the world. Like the children of Israel, they always wanted to go back to Egypt. They thought in Egypt, they had everything in life. They didn't realize that in Egypt, they were dying. In Egypt, in the world, we were dying. And then the people that watch our lives, once we told them about Christ, then they don't really believe when they don't see a transformation in your life or my life. 
And if they don't see a transformation, then what I am doing, I am not only grieving the Holy Spirit of God, but I'm going to bring myself into judgment. God will judge. And when God judges, he judges righteously. Remember, you didn't choose him, he chose you. From the foundations of the world. He gave you the right, because you have a will, to make a decision. To accept him, to reject him, heaven or hell. Obedience or disobedience. It's up to you. When Satan fell, one third of the angels fell with Satan. And Satan has become a fallen angel. And that's why the condition of the world today, because way back in the Garden of Eden, he deceived Adam and Eve, our first parents. And from that point, Adam and Eve lost the title deed to the earth. Satan had a hold of it. And this is the reason that Jesus had to come from all eternity, be born of a virgin as a little baby, 100% God, 100% human, and 33 years went through the world, and at 30 years of age, he started his ministry. And even his brothers, James and Jude and sisters, did not believe in him when he was living at home with Joseph and with Mary. It wasn't after that James and Jude became Christians and they wrote two of her epistles in the New Testament. So as you have said that you became a Christian, thus your husband, if he's not a Christian, or thus your wife not being a Christian, or your parents or your children believe you that you're a Christian. Do they really believe you? Listen to what Peter says in chapter 3, verse 9 of Second Peter. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as Sam counts slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to what? Repentance. There's the key. Repentance. And I think that as we look at the church today, we see that here Peter is writing concerning the coming of the Lord, but at the same time, he says, if you really believe that Jesus is coming, then why aren't you practicing repentance? How's the world going to repent when the church has lost its salt and light? I mean, it's real important to see this. I mean, think of what people think about you when they see you and you call yourself Christian. But yet you have problems drinking. You have problems with drugs. You have problems with women. Problems with men. When it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ Jesus, all things become brand new. God loves people. He loves all people. And God has no pleasure when the wicked die. No pleasure when the wicked die. God doesn't stand and go, oh yeah, another one in the kingdom of hell. It breaks the heart of God. And this is the thought that came into my mind this week. And I read the book of Ezekiel, and I came to Ezekiel, and he says this. He says, Have I, God, any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God? And then he says, For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies, saith the Lord. God doesn't take pleasure in people dying. When a believer dies, it's a time of rejoicing. I have been with so many people in the last 41 years that have died. And what a difference it is with real Christians. Real Christians that die in the Lord. And I also have been with people that hated God and screaming and yelling before they died. 
And you think about how the positive side of divine wish of being born again of the Holy Spirit. And that can only come through repentance. Repentance is the key. This is the heart of God. God loves the world and he gave his only begotten son. Therefore anyone that wants to come to him. Romans chapter 8, 1, he says, Therefore there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, get this, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. But after the Spirit. Are you walking by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Or are you walking in the flesh and you're stumbling people to come to Christ? In Proverbs 1, 7, Solomon said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, fools despise wisdom and instruction. I think that if we begin to reverence God in our own personal lives, we not only will experience real knowledge that God wants to give to each one of us individually, but also we will experience the blessings of God through obedience to God and His Word. Not only obeying the word of God, but in repentance to become useful for whatever God intends to do in my life. Let me give you three points here. Point number one. The Bible gives three things that lead a person to repentance. Number one, it's God's long suffering. I love that. God's long suffering for each one of us individually. He says in 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but His long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Secondly, it is God's goodness. Not your goodness, it's God's goodness. Romans 2, 4. Or do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Thirdly, it is God's conviction of sin. Acts chapter 2, 37 and 38, Peter. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? When they heard Peter's message, they said, hey, what do we have to do? Conviction. And then Peter said to them, repent. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Second point. The Bible gives us seven promises to those that exercise repentance in their lives. Number one, He will forgive you of all your sins. Isaiah 55, 7 says, the prophet, Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him. And to our God. For he will abundantly forgive you. Secondly, he will be close to your heart. Psalm 34, 18, David. And then the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And say such as have a contrite spirit. A broken heart and a contrite spirit. Thirdly, he will answer your prayers when you repent. When you walk with God, when you walk by the Holy Spirit. Solomon says, If my people who are called by my name, I will humble themselves and humble themselves and pray and seek my face 
and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. God's promise to those that repent. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Our goal here is to support your journey with the Lord Jesus. You can visit us anytime at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You'll also want to download our free app for convenient access to a variety of faith-building resources. Now back to more with Raul Reese. And then fourthly, He will give you life. Ezekiel 18.21 says, But if a wicked man turns from all of his sins, if he repents of all his sins, which he has committed, and keeps all my statutes and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live, and he shall not die. He shall not die. We all die, but not spiritually. We will live forever with Christ. Fifthly, he will bring comfort to your life. Matthew 5, 4. Remember the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn over your sin, for they shall be what? Comforted. And then six, he will give you his Holy Spirit. I love that. He says in Acts two thirty-eight. and then Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then how about seventh here? He will use you as a vessel unto honor. Wow. A vessel unto honor. Second Timothy 2.21. Paul speaking to Timothy. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter... He will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Prepared for every good work. A vessel unto honor. How about the third point? The Bible gives examples of those who repented before God. How about number one, David. Good old David. David the king. David that had everything. God had chosen him. God had given everything to him. He was a king now. But David, in his old age, he was in the battle. He decided to leave the battle and to go home. And when he got home, he decided to get cleaned up and then go outside in his patio and to look out to the city of Jerusalem, beautiful city. And then his eyes caught something down below, a woman, a beautiful woman bathing on top of the roof. And he called for her and brought her up. And he got her pregnant. He didn't know yet. She went home, got pregnant. She was one of his leaders in the army that was fighting for David. His name was Uriah. And when David found out she was pregnant, he started thinking, man, what am I going to do? What can I really do? And then all of a sudden he thought, you know what? I'll bring her husband, throw him a party. Then he'll go home, sleep with her, and then say, man, you're going to have a baby. Awesome. And then the second time, the next day, David found out another party. He did the party, and then again, he didn't go home. So the next day, he's getting ready to go back to the war. David writes a piece of paper, gives it to him, seals it with the king's seal. He goes, the faithfulness of Uriah, he goes and gives it to Joab. He opens it up, he looks at it, and it says this, take Uriah, put him in the front lines, and have him killed. Now it's murder. And what does David do to cover his sin? He takes Bathsheba, marries her, and then he says everything's cool. 
Nine months, God doesn't speak to him. Nine months. Fellowship is broken. And as fellowship is broken, all of a sudden, a year later, the baby dies. And the prophet Nathan comes and says, hey, David, I know two people, one rich, one poor. The rich guy liked parties. The poor guy had one little lamb. He loved him. He was poor. And then this guy, he got aggressive, went over next door. By force, grabbed the lamb and took it, killed it, barbecued it, and gave it to them. What would you do to such a man? David says, that person needs to die. You're that man. You took somebody's wife, committed adultery. You killed her husband. That's murder. And you haven't repented. David dropped and repented right on the spot. Repentance is so important. In 2 Samuel 12, 13 says, So David says, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Why? Because he repented. In that culture at that time, biblically, anybody that committed adultery was to be stoned to death. And God spared David, the king of Israel. How about Job, the one that suffered so much? The one that lost his children? The one that lost all his finances? All of his cattle? And then he loses his daughters too? And then the runner comes, three runners come and say, this is what happened, this is what happened. And the third time he says what? He says, the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jehovah God. And as Satan comes along and tempts him because God gives permission. That the next time his wife is he's being not only full of sores in his body. That his wife comes to him and says, honey, why don't you curse God? Why don't you curse God? And he rebuked her. And as he went through that whole thing, listen, at the end of everything he faced, chapter 42, verse 1 to 6. And then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything, Lord. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you. And you shall answer me. I have heard you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eye sees you. Therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And God blessed him. Twice as much. How about thirdly the Ninevites? They had no mercy on anybody. And God told Jonah to go to the Ninevites. And take the message. And Jonah said, I'm not going. So he went down, and Tel Aviv, you have where Jonah not only got on the boat, and started going in Joppa there, he started going towards Spain. And as he's on the ship, the mariners are sitting there because now there's a storm that causes the storm. And they begin to throw the supply overboard because they're going down. But Jonah is nowhere to be found. You know where he's at? Sleeping on the bottom. And they go down and they wake him up. Hey, don't you care we perish, man? Hey, we're going down. He says, do not worry about it. I know why. It's because of me, because I'm running away from God. And I'll tell you what, if you take me and you throw me overboard, man, everything will stop. Thinking, if I get thrown over, I'll drown. I don't have to go. And but God was waiting for him with a big fish. 
And that old fish man, when they threw him over, swallowed him. And for three days and three nights, he was uh, way down on the deep. And can you imagine being on the belly of this fish and you're slushing up and down and you're getting seasick. You got wrapped around your head all the seaweed. And it's humid and stinky. And when he goes, the fish takes him and the fish opens his mouth and barfs him out. And he goes rolling out. Full of seaweed around his head. And he goes into the city, three-day journey, and he says, repent or burn. And he walks out, goes on top of a hill, says, okay, God, bring the fireworks. He wanted to see them dead. And you know what it says? Listen, Jonah chapter 3. He says, and then the word of the king of Nineveh got up from his throne and laid aside his robe and covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it all to be proclaimed and published throughout the Ninevites by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither men nor beasts nor flocks taste anything. Do not let them even eat or drink water. But let men and beasts be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to the Lord God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil anger so that we may not perish And from the violence, he says, that in his hands, who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger? He did. He didn't judge them. And Jonah was upset. Repenting. Repenting is the key. How about Peter? Good old Peter. I mean, he says, Lord, I will never deny you. I will fight for you no matter what. And then remember, when Jesus got arrested, everybody fled. But Peter followed afar off. Three times he denied him. The third time Jesus turned to see him. And imagine how Peter must have felt about that big. He says again, verse uh, Mark 14, 72. And a second time the rooster crowed, he says. And then Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And when he thought about this, he began to weep. What is the difference between Judas and Peter? Peter repented. Judas didn't. He repented. He wept. He went out thinking, man, I told him I would not deny him, and I have become a miserable denier. As you reflect on today's insights into the Lord's redemption of people all throughout the Bible, we urge you to repent of any unconfessed sin in your life and recommit to righteous obedience. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's lesson, call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. All you have to do is ask for Roll's message titled, The Person Who Repents. To help you faithfully follow the Lord Jesus, we'd like to tell you about Roll's brand new book titled, Sermon of Sermons. Delving into the practical yet inspiring teachings of Christ in His Sermon on the Mount, you'll discover how to powerfully glorify God as you apply your faith to every area of life. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy for the deeply discounted introductory rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. Our mailing address, if you'd like to order by writing us, is Somebody Loves You Radio. 
P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. If you've missed a Somebody Loves You radio program or would like to listen to one again, utilize iTunes or Spotify to access our archives and download free podcasts. And be sure to join Rawl on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time for Straight Talk, a Q&A program with timely guidance for honoring the Lord in today's truly complex world. You'll also want to get your day started right with Rawl's free daily devotional emails. Just visit us online to subscribe. Every contribution you make to Somebody Loves Your Radio helps us reach more and more people at home, in the workplace, and on the road with the good news of Jesus Christ. Every contribution is tax-deductible. Join us next time as we continue this series with a challenge to keep short accounts with God. You'll see that if you leave sin unchecked and unconfessed, it can hamper your spiritual growth, while true repentance and genuine devotion pave the way for the Lord to work mightily in your life. Now, here's Rawl with the closing comment. And how about lastly, the thief on the cross? He said, Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you today, will be with me in paradise. He didn't say, Jesus said, to him, as surely I say to you, today, first of all, go get baptized and come back on the cross, and then you'll be with me in paradise. No, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. How about you today? Will you be in heaven? Have you been born again of the Holy Spirit? Have you repented in your heart? Let me read to you what John Trapp again says in conclusion. Repentance with men is the changing of his will. Repentance with God is the willing of a change. Are you willing to change? I pray this morning that God will speak to you and that you will change your hearts. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.